Now to the royal event of the year, and they're the fairy tale couple who've ascended to the throne. The two first laid eyes on each other in a packed Sydney pub during the 2000 Olympics. 28-year-old Mary Donaldson had no idea she was talking to the future king of Denmark. Her romance with Crown Prince Frederick quickly blossomed through long-distance calls and secret getaways, and soon the Tasmanian advertising executive was moving to Copenhagen. Then, in October 2003, Frederick popped the question and they were engaged. In 2004, our Aussie commoner officially became Crown Princess with a lavish royal wedding. Now, nearly 20 years on, the couple have four children together, including the now Crown Prince Christian. But in November, there was a painful chapter as affair rumours swirled about Prince Frederick. Then came Queen Margareta's historic announcement. She would become the first Danish monarch to abdicate in 900 years. That paved the way for a new reign and the first Australian to become Queen. The next chapter in the ultimate royal fairy tale for our Mary, the new Queen of Denmark. With a simple stroke of a pen, Queen Margareta's five-decade reign came to an end and King Frederick X's began. More than 150,000 Danes and Aussies line the streets of Copenhagen to witness history. It's a rarity that you have an Australian sitting on the throne somewhere in the world, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I'm very excited. It's very nice to have an Australian queen as part of the Danish community and the Australian community. The Crown Prince Christian noticed the Australian flag that I was holding up. When he was looking over in our direction and he was uh, yeah, talking to the others on the balcony. The Hobart-born royal wearing a white dress adorned with the Royal Order of Queen Margareta. Emotions ran high for the new king and queen as the crowds welcomed them with cheers of hooray. Before fireworks lit up the night sky, a proud nation raising a glass or flag to our Queen Mary and her king. And Royal commentator Angela Mollard joins us now. It was a really beautiful ceremony. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh, look, I thought it was really simple. Obviously, it didn't have that sort of splendour, crowns and things of the uh, British coronation, but there was something elegant, refined, also a little bit sad seeing the former Queen leaving, though, of course, this is a joyous occasion because usually when somebody takes on a new crown or becomes a monarch, it's because somebody has died. Of course, in this situation, it's completely different. Queen Margaretha is still alive and her son and daughter-in-law are the new monarchs. And do you see Mary, Queen Mary, becoming the real power behind the throne? Absolutely, Matt. I think she really is. I wrote in my column yesterday about her having this tremendous resilience, which comes from the fact that she lost her mother when she was 26. Her mother died after uh, complications after heart surgery. She's spoken before about how it made her strong. And it also allowed her to have a really close connection with the outgoing queen, who, of course, lost her father when she was just 31. So there's this 
uh, real steely determination, which I think we see, we see her as a very poised public speaker when she gave that 13-minute speech on Frederick's 50th birthday in fluent Danish. I mean, this is a very accomplished woman, knows what she's doing, great mother, and very much hasn't set a uh, foot wrong on the world stage. We're, we're just <laughs> noticing, Nat. So he's gone in for the, he's yes. gone in for the smooch, and then... Well, Nat has a theory that it lingered too long. Well, but also he went in and she had a head turned. And, and awkward. Then, then That's he awkward on again. the world stage. Look, whoops. Have you seen that, end? I have. That's it's so embarrassing. Oh. Like I'm just, I'm just missing. It's like a Charles and Diana kiss <laughs> oh, no. of old, where they never quite connected. There should be a handbook for royal kissing on balconies. It's like I think. someone leaves you when they leave you hanging when you go for a high five or something. I know. Or, or they do the three kisses instead of the two. But Angie, I've just got to ask you because, of course, the, there's always a story behind a story, and the alleged story in this case is that the Queen abdicated because because Fred has been playing up with another woman and this was to sort of stop all the rumours. Is that true? Yeah, look, I think none of us can know what was happening in uh, the outgoing Queen's head when she made this decision. What we do know is that the decision was only... Uh, Frederick only learned about it three days before uh, she decided to abdicate. Look, I think it has to play in a role in it. If you think about an outgoing monarch, they want to secure the marriage and the monarchy. This is not a big extended royal family. There's not that many people to fall back on. This has been his job for life. I think she very much knows that Mary is a strong player in this relationship and she wants Frederick to focus on the job. Also, Frederick's 55. She will have looked at King Charles coming in in his mid-70s at an age when most people retire and possibly thought, you know, Know, he needs to be doing the job now. He mm. needs to focus on that job. I hope we don't see a second um, occasion with Frederick in Madrid. Uh, but I think the people of Denmark, you know, they're, they're prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt now for once. But I don't think there can be a second sighting mm. of that sort. Focus on the job, Fred. Right. We got, <laughs> we got the take-home message, Ed. I suspect you're right, Ed. And now, the fated night Frederick and Mary met there at the slip-in, there was Nat another Australian Mary on the scene. What? The other Mary. Mary Iskander, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Now, you were in that very room that very evening. Tell us, tell Australia, what do you remember of that night? Was there royal romance in the air? How close were you? Okay, well, um, we were a group of about three, four people. Um, we had finished work that day. We came in for a drink. Um, we had our margaritas. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we just... There was a buzz in the room. I mean, there, I, I think we kind of sensed that there was somebody important in the room, but it was so crowded and it was very, um, very busy. And it was the Sydney Olympics, so there was that really cool vibe in the air. Um, but, yeah, we weren't sure who it was and we were kind of, like, looking around trying to figure out what was going on. But, yeah, it was just a really good night, really fun. Wow. So when did you find out that you were actually part of a royal occasion? And worldwide history yeah. it would go on to become? Yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah, on the you night... You played a part on the in night, this. We, um, as I... <laughs> no, we were, um, yeah. when we were yeah. here, we were kind of like looking around and 
like we could feel like there was something going on, but we couldn't quite put our finger on it. And then it was a few days later that we discovered that we were surrounded by royalty, apparently, Prince Frederick and his brothers, and apparently this is where he met Mary. So we, we were in the presence of royalty and we and had no idea. And he didn't buy you a drink. He apparently didn't, no. he had Amex that night that he was spinning on the bar. And he didn't buy Mary a drink. He probably walked straight past me exactly. and didn't even acknowledge my Mary. presence. He's, wow. he's clearly frugal. Mary, you, you need to take your place in history. We bow to you this morning. We and do bow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. It is true Thank that her friends so called her the other Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Even to this day. She'll always be the other Mary to us. There you have it.